Welcome to 5 at 8. I'm Mark Overman, and I'm here with Linda Carlisle on Thursday, July 20th, 2023. Here's the day's top news. In this episode, we'll talk about Russia launching missile and drone attacks on Ukraine's Black Sea port of Odessa. The devaluation of the Syrian pound, a heat wave intensifying in Europe, Tesla's second quarter earnings, and concerns over the unauthorized use of an artist's work in AI-generated art. Story number one. Russia launched a series of missile and drone attacks on Ukraine's Black Sea port of Odessa, targeting grain facilities and port infrastructure, as reported by The Guardian. Ukraine's Air Force reported that Russia launched 63 missiles and drones, with 37 being shot down. The attack on Odessa was described as very powerful and caused significant damage to buildings and infrastructure. Although there were no reported casualties in the strike, there were injuries in other areas. The attacks on Odessa are seen as part of Russia's efforts to prevent Ukrainian grain from reaching global markets. Russia has also threatened to stop traffic to Odessa and other Ukrainian ports, considering vessels sailing in the Black Sea as potential carriers of military cargo. The United States has promised $250 million in support for Ukraine to develop alternative export routes. Odessa, a historic city, has been targeted throughout the conflict but has largely escaped serious damage until now. This is a classic case of strategic military targeting, Linda. Russia is not only striking Ukraine, but they're also aiming at destabilizing the global food supply chain. By hitting Ukraine's grain facilities and port infrastructure, they're effectively disrupting a critical export route, which is bound to have ripple effects on the global economy, especially in countries reliant on Ukrainian grain. Yes, Mark. But let's not forget the humanitarian aspect. The strikes are causing extensive damage to civilian infrastructure, leaving locals in a state of fear. While the strategic implications are important, I think it's equally crucial to focus on the immediate human cost of these attacks. People's lives are being overturned, and they're living in constant fear of the next attack. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with the human aspect. But we can't ignore the longer-term implications either. The damage to these grain facilities and ports will have a snowball effect, potentially leading to a global food crisis. Ukraine is a significant grain exporter. Disrupting its supply chain will surely make waves in the international food market. Prices could skyrocket, and food shortages could become a reality in many parts of the world. That's a valid point, Mark. But we must also remember that these strikes are not just about disrupting food supply chains. They are an act of war, designed to break the spirit of the Ukrainian people. And they're a sobering reminder that even in the 21st century, civilian infrastructure and innocent lives continue to be caught in the crossfire of geopolitical conflicts. It's a grim situation, and it raises the question, what's the solution here? How do we safeguard critical infrastructure and maintain global food security amidst escalating conflicts like this? Is it international diplomacy, military intervention, or a mix of both? It's a complex issue that needs urgent attention. It's a multifaceted issue and requires a multi-pronged approach. While diplomatic efforts should be the first line of action, it's evident that the international community must also devise effective safety and contingency protocols to protect and restore essential infrastructure during military conflicts. The stakes are simply too high to ignore. Story number two. The Syrian pound has been devalued by the country's central bank, leading to a further collapse of the currency since the start of the war in 2011. According to Al Jazeera, 
the pound has reached its lowest level on the parallel market, trading at over 11,000 to the U.S. dollar. The central bank devalued the official exchange rate to 9,900 Syrian pounds to the dollar. This financial crisis is a result of the ongoing conflict, Western sanctions, economic troubles in neighboring Lebanon, and the loss of oil-producing territories. The World Bank predicts a contraction in Syria's economic output due to the conflict, high prices, shortages, and water scarcity. Recent earthquakes have added to the population's difficulties, leading to a funding crisis and cuts in food assistance. The devaluation is driven by stagflation, a combination of high inflation and economic stagnation. This situation in Syria, Linda, it's absolutely gut-wrenching. The devaluation of the Syrian pound, it's not just numbers on a screen, it's people's lives. It's what they can afford to put on the table each night. It's whether they can afford to send their children to school. And this isn't just a sudden crash. It's a decade-long freefall that has just been spiraling out of control since the war began in 2011. The economic impact of war is so much more than just the immediate costs of military spending and destruction. It's the long-term damage to a country's infrastructure, its economy, its society. In Syria's case, the war has displaced half of the country's pre-war population, and this, coupled with Western sanctions and a currency squeeze, has triggered a financial meltdown. And the ripple effects of this crisis are felt far beyond Syria's borders. Yeah, and you know, Linda, it's not just the war that's causing this crisis. Syria's economy is also being hit hard by high grain and energy prices, shortages, and water scarcity that's limiting crop output. In fact, the World Bank had projected a 3.2% contraction in Syria's 2023 economic output because of these factors. And then, to add to the misery, parts of Syria and Turkey were hit by devastating earthquakes earlier this year, which has only exacerbated the situation. And amidst all these crises, the World Food Program had to cut assistance to half of the people who depend on them due to funding issues. These are the real human consequences of economic collapse. And it's not just about the immediate suffering, it's about the long-term impacts. How do you rebuild an economy, a society, when so much has been lost? And how do you do it in a way that is sustainable and equitable? These are the questions that Syria and the world will have to grapple with. It's these kinds of discussions that help shed light on the dire situations many countries are facing and hopefully encourage solutions. As we've seen with Syria, war is not just a political or military issue. It's an economic, social, and humanitarian crisis that affects us all. Story number three. A heat wave is intensifying in Europe, with nearly all major Italian cities on red heat alert, as reported by the BBC. Temperatures are expected to peak on Wednesday, with 23 cities on high alert. The heat wave is causing wildfires across the continent, including in Greece and the Swiss Alps. The extreme heat is affecting millions of people in the Northern Hemisphere and is being caused by a high-pressure system bringing warmer tropical air. The heat is forecasted to last through Wednesday across most of Southern Europe, with parts of Sicily and Sardinia expected to be the hottest. The heat wave is putting strain on infrastructure and causing power cuts, while also posing health risks, particularly for vulnerable groups. Red alerts for extreme heat also remain in place across Spain, Greece, and parts of the Balkans. The World Meteorological Organization has warned that the heat wave could continue into August and that extreme temperatures are becoming the new normal due to climate change. Will you look at this, Linda? It's unbelievable the heat wave that's hitting Europe right now. 
Italy's being baked like a pizza in an oven. Almost every major city is on red alert. Parts of Sicily and Sardinia are expected to hit 46 to 47 degrees Celsius. Can you imagine that? It's really concerning, Mark. Extremely high temperatures like these pose a serious risk to public health, especially for those who are most vulnerable. Think about the homeless, the elderly, or those living in poverty who can't afford proper cooling systems. It's... it's a potential disaster. Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head, Linda. It's not just about being uncomfortable in the heat. It's about the real impact on people's lives. Hospitals are already seeing a spike in admissions due to heat-related issues, and power cuts are happening due to high demand for air conditioning. It's a domino effect. Right. And let's not forget the environmental impact. The heat wave is intensifying wildfires across the continent, including Greece and the Swiss Alps. These fires not only cause immediate harm, but also contribute to the vicious cycle of climate change. That's a crucial point, Linda. It's a bit like we're stuck in a feedback loop. Warmer temperatures lead to more intense and frequent wildfires, which release more carbon into the atmosphere, leading to even higher temperatures. It's a tough nut to crack. Indeed. And the sad reality is that these extreme temperatures might just be the new normal in a world warmed by climate change. We need to think about long-term solutions and how we can adapt to and mitigate the effects of such climate extremes. Story number four. Tesla narrowly beat Wall Street expectations in the second quarter of 2023, reporting revenue of $24.97 billion and earnings of 91 cents per share, as reported by The Guardian. The company saw a major increase in sales after slashing costs for its popular vehicle models. Tesla produced a record number of vehicles, with 460,211 Model 3 and Model Y vehicles and 19,489 Model S and Model X vehicles. However, concerns were raised during the earnings call about the delayed release of the Cybertruck and other production issues. Tesla's gross margin for the quarter was 18.2%, higher than analyst expectations, but representing a four-year low for the company. Tesla shares initially rose, but fell in after-hours trading. Elon Musk made ambitious promises during the call, including the release of the Cybertruck by the end of the year and a potential 5 to 10 times increase in Tesla's valuation. Musk also mentioned talks with a major automaker about licensing Tesla's full self-driving technology. Shareholders have expressed concerns about Musk's multiple leadership roles and the company's expenditures. What a wild ride it's been for Tesla, huh? They've managed to beat Wall Street expectations in Q2, produce a record number of vehicles, and still navigate through the choppy waters of reducing prices and maintaining margins. Linda, what's your take on this? Well, Mark, it's indeed been quite a journey. Tesla has been at the forefront of innovation and technological advancement in the automobile industry, and this has undoubtedly added layers of complexity to their business dynamics. Slashing prices is a bold move that can increase sales volumes, but it does come at the risk of squeezing gross margins. And this is exactly what we're seeing with Tesla. Despite this, they've managed to keep gross margins higher than analyst expectations, which is commendable. Right, so, uh, they're selling more but making less on each sale. How are they pulling this off without hurting their bottom line? That's a great question, Mark. It's a delicate balancing act. Tesla has been investing heavily in process efficiencies and cost optimization. The goal is to reduce the cost of production per unit, 
thereby preserving margins even when selling prices are reduced. Of course, it's not without its risks and challenges. And what about Elon Musk? He's got his hands full with SpaceX, Neuralink, Twitter, and now XAI. Is he spread too thin or can he really lead all these companies simultaneously? That's a concern shared by many, Mark. Being a visionary leader like Musk is not without its challenges. Steering multiple high-profile companies simultaneously requires a unique blend of leadership skills, strategic foresight, and the ability to manage a wide array of business dynamics. It's a tall order, but if anyone can do it, it's probably Elon Musk. And Wall Street, how much of a role do they play in shaping Tesla's approach? Wall Street plays a significant role, Mark. The expectations of analysts and investors can greatly influence the strategic decisions of publicly traded companies like Tesla. It's a constant juggling act between managing innovation, meeting market expectations, and delivering financial performance. But that's the name of the game when you're a global leader in a high-stakes industry. Story number five. In a report from the BBC, digital artist Greg Rutkowski has expressed concern over his work being used as a prompt in AI tools that generate art without his consent. Since September 2022, his name has been used as a prompt more than 400,000 times, surpassing the number of times artists like Picasso and Da Vinci have been used. Rutkowski worries that this unauthorized use of his name will cause confusion for people trying to find his original works. While some artists see potential benefits in AI tools, such as reducing tedium, others are concerned about the potential for AI to replace human artists and the biases present in AI-generated art. Artists are calling for more regulation to protect their rights in the industry. Could you believe this, Linda? Greg Rutkowski's work is being used by AI tools to generate art without his consent. This is an alarming look into the potential pitfalls of AI's role in the art space. It's a classic example of technological advancements outpacing the legal and ethical frameworks we have in place. Rutkowski, who's known for his work in games like Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, fears it could affect his future work. It's a complex situation, Mark. On one hand, AI has the potential to revolutionize the art industry by automating certain aspects, thereby saving artists time and potentially enhancing creativity. But on the other hand, it raises serious ethical and legal questions. Artists like Rutkowski worry that they'll lose control over their own work, and it's not hard to see why. Imagine putting years of hard work into your craft, only to have it replicated and disseminated across the internet without your consent. And it's not just about the issue of consent, but also about the value of human creativity. AI tools can replicate styles, but can they truly replicate the depth and emotion that human artists bring to their work? I mean, we've always had this debate about machines replacing humans, but it's really about finding the balance, isn't it? It's about striking a balance between leveraging technology and preserving human creativity and originality. The concern is not just about AI replacing human artists, but also about the biases these AI tools may replicate and perpetuate. As Caroline Sinders pointed out, AI-generated art might not reflect the real world and could reinforce existing stereotypes. This is a critical aspect that needs to be addressed as well. And it's not just about the art industry. This could set a precedent for how AI is regulated in other industries as well. Just like with cars, we didn't have seatbelts and airbags when they were first invented. But over time, regulations were put in place to ensure safety. The same could happen with AI. Good point, Mark. Artists like Rutkowski are calling for similar seatbelts and airbags for the art industry. 
And it's not about stifling innovation. It's about ensuring that technology serves us, not the other way around. As we continue to explore the potential of AI in art and other fields, it's crucial that we keep these discussions about ethics, consent, and regulation at the forefront. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.